Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Listeners, today's topic is blazing a new trail. Friends, I serve as the executive director of a nonprofit organization called Best Life Ministries. Each year, my staff, made up of doctors, teachers, church workers, and business people, head out with me to local churches throughout the Midwest to deliver motivational conferences. This year, our theme is one that will stretch you, encourage you, and get you on your feet. It's called Blaze Your Trail. Everything we're teaching about this year focuses on becoming who you're supposed to be, not who you think you're supposed to be, but who God wants you to be. But what that means is that you will no doubt be called to a different place in one or more areas in your life. That starts out with four simple steps. Are you ready? Number one, listening for God's voice. Number two, hearing God's call. Number three, obeying what he's asking of you. And number four, following his path. More than likely, it means you're headed on a path that you've never been before. Maybe it's writing a book or speaking for hundreds of people. Maybe it's becoming a nurse or volunteering at the local food shelf. Or perhaps God's calling you to go across the world and serve an organization that helps children. Whatever it is that you're feeling, that inner prompting that says, You have to. You must. It's from the Holy Spirit. He's calling you to a path that is not made up of comfort, nor will it be one that's familiar. That's why you're going to blaze a new trail. God is all about growing your faith on this journey and relying heavily on Him to lead. I think back a month ago as I was traveling to Southwest Iowa to visit my mom. Do you remember, if you live in Minnesota, that horrific, awful snowstorm? Well, Mom warned me about an upcoming winter storm. Farmer Dean told me, don't go. But I looked at my December calendar, and it was filled with speaking events and things that I knew I had to get done. So I got up, and I got going. The day started off with a light fog and seemed to be a normal day until I hit the Iowa border. Huge flakes hit the windshield, and the wind whipped furiously around the car. By another hour, I couldn't even see the road, couldn't see the fields, and couldn't see an end in sight. For the next three and a half hours, I clenched my steering wheel, gritted my teeth, and prayed out loud. Panic flooded my soul. I couldn't see the road. I was trapped. You see, if I pulled off the road to the side, I wouldn't be able to get going again, and somebody could hit me. If I stopped, I could create trouble for all of the people behind me but I couldn't see ahead only for a few feet. All I could do was pray and trust God. God knew the path. He had created it long ago. He knew the road from where I had been to where I was going. There was no need to escape, although I wanted to. I couldn't turn around and go back, although I wanted to. All I could do was go forward on a path I'd never been before. I was terrified. Eventually, the weather lightened, and I was able to pull into a gas station and breathe deeply for a few moments, and after another hour, I was out of bad weather altogether. The view of my mother's town had never looked so good. I felt refreshed and energized that I had taken a scary journey alone, just me and God, and had made it safely. 
I don't know what journey he'll call you on this year. I don't know what he'll call on me to do. All I know is that it's important to me to make the most of this life I have, to embrace it, to love it, to live in it and become my best version of who I am for myself, for my family, for God. I want to make a difference. I want something that I do to matter. But I think I learned this one truth through that blizzard. If I never get on the road, I'll never get where I'm supposed to go. So I'm going to listen for God. Care to join me? Listeners joining me in the studio to talk about listening for God's voice and following his lead to make Christ our priority, living for him the most important goal that we can do is my friend, Pastor Louis Schultz. Louis is a graduate of Bethel University and Seminary in St. Paul and has pastored churches for over 25 years. Welcome, good friend, Louis. Hello, Kathy. How are you? I am doing so good. It's kind of gloomy and doomy out here in Minnesota today, but I am looking for the light. Well, Elk River is bright and sunny, so I'll bring sunshine into the studio, okay? Thank you. I think Elk River's always bright and sunny. I loved my five years of living there. So, Pastor Louie, we're talking today about listening for God's voice in our lives, and so many of my friends ask me, how do I personally hear from God? So, as a pastor, when people are asking you this, how do you answer? What do you tell people? Well, it's interesting that you ask, Kathy, because it's something that my wife, Pammy, has been working through um, over the last few years, and she would hear me say, oh, I'm so glad that God has said this to me, or God seems to be saying such and such, and she's like, well, why doesn't God talk to me, or how do I know his voice? And, you know, I think about Samuel and Eli, remember that story where Samuel's given by his mother Hannah to Eli in the temple, and he's sleeping, and God calls his name, and he runs to Eli and said, did you call me? He says, no, it goes on several times. Finally, Eli, in his uh, resting stupor, realizes, oh, that might be God. Just say, I'm here and I'm listening. And so for all of us in our spiritual journey, Kathy, um, it starts, we start out as beginners hearing the voice of God. And sometimes We need people around us to affirm, oh, that was God. For example, Pammy had an impression the other day that maybe she should call one of her coworkers. And after that happened to her, her coworker ended up calling her, and Pammy realized that that was God after the fact, preparing her heart. And her friend Lori was at a relative that was uh, suffering with cancer. And in tears, Pammy was able to pray with her. And afterwards, I was like, Pammy, you heard God's voice, and he spoke to you, and he prepared you for what you were supposed to do. That's Another thing that's, that's kind of um, hearing God's voice for beginners or like that series how to listen to God for dummies, might be Psalm 19, where it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows forth His handiwork day unto day. It uttereth forth speech night unto night. It declares knowledge. 
So the truth is, God is speaking through His creation all around us every day. So when I look at a sunset, um, God has often spoken to me, I am great, I am very creative, I make all things beautiful. And so sometimes I, I try to help encourage people that they are hearing from God all the time. Just remember that. And the other thing I encourage people, Kathy, is that God is not uh, a poor communicator. So if God wants to tell me something, I don't have to worry about his ability to get the message through. So true, yes. Right? You see all the times that God got a message through, say, the shepherds on the hill about the coming birth of Jesus. That was a great communication event, you know, rivaled any kind of uh, TV production or movie production of getting the message across. So we don't have to worry about God's ability to communicate to us. A lot of times we worry, well, is my ears primed to hear God? If God is always talking, uh, do I need to be afraid that my frequency isn't dialed into God's frequency? And I just encourage people that God knows how to speak to us and if he's talking to us, we'll know it, and to not be afraid or worried. Um, the other thing that recently happened to my son is God um, led he and his wife to move from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, to Two Harbors, Minnesota. And I asked him the other day, well, how did you know that God was leading you? And God first gave his wife, Chelsea, the desire to be a stay-at-home mom, because she was pregnant and then delivered my first uh, grandchild from that part of the family. And so the desire was to have Joel be able to work in a job that made enough money and their bills to be low enough that they could survive on one income. So we prepared them for that, and then when the call came that a friend of Joel's, who's also a believer that was working at this company in Two Harbors, said, hey, would you consider coming here? God had already primed them to be ready to do something new and bold because he had given them the desire. Delcy um, also says that, that Ephesians 3 ministered to her about how God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you could ask or imagine. Psalm 27 spoke to her heart in the midst of this. You know, I would have despaired if I hadn't believed I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Jeremiah 29, 11, um, I know the plans I have for you to prosper you, not for calamity or for evil. And so that was the process of God conveying and communicating what he wanted to have done. And now they're thriving in two harbors, and they now have little Lenora, my second grandchild from there. And I'm a happy kepper. Okay, so Louie, what I'm hearing you say is simply this, that God is going to talk to us in many ways, if he needs to get a message to us. And I heard you just talking about different examples. 
One is through scripture. One is through that inner prompting of the Holy Spirit, sometimes through nature. Another one that my daddy used to tell me is just sometimes frequently through other friends. They're going to say to you, what about this? You know, God is, is, you know, saying this to me through the Holy Spirit. And so I know that there are great ways for God to be able to get to us. Here's my other question. Um, why do you think it's important for us when he asks us to do something new, to blaze a new trail, to get out of our comfort zone? Why do you think it's important for us to follow? Well, let me first affirm what you just said about how God speaks to us through the community of faith that we're a part of, because part of Joel and Chelsea's story was when they began asking God, do you want us to move and take this new job? They asked those in their church to pray and then to say what they thought, you know, and and along the way God affirmed through their testimony that, yes, you know, God, this is some. we don't have any checks in our spirit. This seems to be something good, and it feels like God is at work. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a prophet of Israel receiving a word from God to that group. I'm, I'm uh, promising that the plans I have for you as a group, as a community, are for a future full of with hope and not calamity and to prosper you. So that's an important point you're making about not um, trying to hear from God in isolation. It's why we need the whole body of Christ to hear effectively from God. And when God speaks and says, here, I'm doing something new, that we would um, we have more courage when it's affirmed through the community if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense to me. And Pastor Louis, why does God do that? Why does he ask us to do things that get us right out of that comfort zone? Why does he say, go blaze this new trail? And we have no idea what we're doing or where we're going. You know, I like what Henry Blackaby wrote in his study, Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing God's Will. He talks, Kathy, about how God is always at work all around us, and that God invites us to join Him in His work. And anytime we're invited by the Almighty God to participate in God-sized things, we always encounter a crisis of belief. It's always the case. That's what, what Abraham encountered when God said, go to a city I will show you. Well, God knew the plans he had for Abraham to make him the father of a great nation. And then came Isaac and Jacob and the tribes of Israel that we know today as a great nation. God had all that plan in mind, but he had to first challenge Abraham to do something new. See, anytime we're invited by God to do something outside of our comfort zone and blaze new trails, it's actually right in the center of God's comfort zone. It's right in the the middle of his sweet spot, so to speak. And 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says he'll never challenge us with with something that's beyond what he's prepared us for. No temptation has overtaken us that's not common to man, and God is faithful in the midst of that temptation, test, or trial to provide a way through. So if God calls you to it, somebody has said before, 
he'll always take you through it. Mm, and right. uh, Isaiah forty three nineteen says, Behold, I'm doing something new. Do you perceive it? I'm making a way through the wilderness and streams to flow through the desert. So God invites us to do God-sized things because, you know, he's created us to bear much fruit, and that requires us to be joining him in what he's doing, and that's always beyond our own flesh's human strength. Anytime it's God, it's something that only God can accomplish through us, and he invites us to partner with him in great and mighty things. Jeremiah 33, 3 Call to me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you did not know. Well, listeners, if you're just tuning in with us today, we're talking with Pastor Louis Schultz, and we're talking about blazing a new trail, heading out there into life, into a place where God is calling us that maybe feels a little uncomfortable. It's the new year. Maybe he's going to ask you to do something completely different. Maybe you're feeling a little pressured, a little stressed out. And I love this next song that we're going to listen to by Josh Wilson called I Refuse. The song talks about the fact that God will call us to something and we have the ability to say yes or to say no, to follow him or not. So let's listen into Josh Wilson's I Refuse.
Well, we're back with Pastor Louis Schultz. Louis, um, let's just finish up today with this fabulous topic and tell our listeners um, who know that God's asking them to do something, calling them out, tell them what you think will give them courage. How will they find that courage to get up and get motivated and blaze that new trail? Well, as we mentioned earlier, Kathy, a lot of times I've found the courage to do the new thing, the hard thing, by looking back and reviewing my story. And the revelation that John received in exile on on Patmos says that we overcome by the word of our testimony. So we all have a story of God's faithfulness to us in the past. And if we are willing to ask ourselves, okay, is there ever been a time when God truly was not faithful to do what he said he would do? Is there a time when he forgot to provide for our financial needs? Was there a time that he forgot to care for our health? Was there a time that he forsook us or our children? I think of the the challenging times both you and I experienced um, in the midst of a broken marriage and then picking up the pieces of life afterwards, being thrust into a situation that was way beyond comfort and having to trust God and through that time to remind ourselves of the stories of God's faithfulness in Scripture Was he faithful to Joseph after he got thrown in a pit and then uh, thrown in jail and then became the leader of a great nation in the time of famine? You know, God, if we will review those stories, will give us the courage that we need. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Louis Schultz from Elk River, Minnesota. Thanks so much for being with me today on the radio. You're welcome. Okay, blessings to you. Listeners thinking about being called to blaze a new trail? Here's mommy blogger Kristen Johnson to kick off the new year with thoughts about positive parenting. Hi, this is Kristen Johnson for Best Life Ministries. A few weekends ago, I decided to head to a neighboring town to run some errands with my two children. My hubby was busy and I was tired of being home, so I decided to go it alone. The first stop went pretty smoothly, but by the second, My kids were at the height of their orneriness. It's not that they necessarily do bad things when they get going. It's just that they provoke each other and tune out my voice more and more until something happens that is naughty. We were at that point in Target, one of my favorite stores to just stroll through. But when your kids have turned into thing one and thing two, that is impossible. I was on a mission for a portable bag chair. Having lost all reasonable thought when my kids started picking at each other, I was struggling quite a bit to find one. My brain didn't register the logical place to look, so I was wandering here and there. I was also failing to locate a red-shirted savior in the form of a Target employee. I ended up in a giant display for the new Star Wars movie. Of course, my kids were intrigued, but I kept pushing on, all business. There was an adult male in the same area, just browsing. He was alone and in his 40s. I didn't really pay much attention to him. I was too busy navigating my kids. In the main aisle now, I concentrated on the next area I should check to locate the bag chairs. Coming out of another aisle was the same man, the one that I had barely noticed. And do you know what happened? 
It was amazing and attitude-altering. He told me with a smile, you're doing a good job. I looked at him and smiled and said, thank you. Emotions flooded my heart and mind. I appreciated his kind words beyond belief. I was so grateful someone had noticed. I was so grateful that someone had told me that, a stranger nonetheless. This incident got me through Target, and it made me think, what a simple gesture, and look how much it blessed me. Why don't I do this more? It's so easy, so simple. Why are people apprehensive about saying compliments? More specifically, about giving compliments that really matter. It's easy to tell a friend, or even a stranger for that matter, I like your shoes, they're so cute. In reality, those shoes probably have nothing to do with the heart and soul of that person. Why is it harder to tell a person, you are doing a good job at raising your kids, or you are being so faithful in your service to the children of this church? We don't say those things as often as we should. We thank them, at least I do, but why is it hard to just put it out there? In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Paul writes, So encourage each other and build each other up. I have decided that we all need to do more of what Paul instructed the Thessalonians. We need to build each other up. We need to be more encouraging. Maybe you're too embarrassed to say it. Maybe you think that person, your friend, your mom, or your child doesn't need to hear it. Well, let me tell you, friend, they do. You do. We all do. Go ahead. Encourage someone. This is Kristen Johnson with Positive Parenting. Listen to this scripture from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. This is from the Message Version. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way? All these veterans cheering us on? It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished his race, the race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. That verse gives me courage. Does it give you courage? So often we think we're doing this alone. No one has a clue how we feel. Isn't that silly? People all around us are struggling with the same things, the same challenges. Some are rising up to their lives, rising up to hike the new trail and blaze it. And some are sitting back in their lazy boy recliners, watching their lives go by. What are you going to do? Friends, this is how life is. It's uncertain, and at times it's scary. At other times, we are called to blaze a trail, whether we want to or not. And even then, God patiently leans in, whispering his deepest desires into our soul, only for us to look the other way and wonder if we can ignore him long enough for him to forget what he's asking. And then there are the days where God shows up and he helps us mount onto the trail and he begins to travel in front of us, plowing through the ice and snow and all the deterrence so that we can get to where we're supposed to go. We blaze a trail with him. We head out for unknown territory where he's calling us. What about you? Has God been calling you, asking you to try something new? Maybe he's asking you to change jobs or move to another city or call your mean sister who doesn't speak to you. 
Maybe he's asking you to start a business or adopt a child, or maybe he's just asking you to let go of something, something that isn't right for you, so you can clear the field, start making a new path. Whatever the trail is that God is encouraging you to blaze, it's time to start. Get saddled up, get riding the trails, get listening for God's voice because he's calling to you, and it's something that you don't want to miss. That's right. Blaze your own trail. Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, as this new year begins, I pray that you will clearly speak to us. I pray that you will infuse us with a desire that makes us feel we cannot refuse. I pray that as we are called to blaze new trails, that you will give us courage, give us confidence in you, and above all, make us faith-filled even when we can't see what's ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, Your Best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.